Systemology, Create Time, Reduce Stress and Scale Your Profits. That's the title for today's Franchise Radio Show. Hey everybody, Brian Keane here, Franchise Simply. Welcome to you to today's uh, radio show. Pretty excited about this one. Um, a guy I've got today, I've worked with for years on our websites, videos and SEO. And in fact, I consider him a, a friend and a mentor. And uh, I particularly worked with him with our... Um, franchise systems with our cloud-based operations procedures manuals with his 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 model system hub which he created years and years of hard work so uh, really great to have Dave Jennings here today and uh, a little bit of Dave's story uh, it's a fascinating one um, uh, what four years ago Dave basically uh, exited his business um, one of Australia's most trusted digital agencies uh, Melbourne SEO services and he hired a CEO, stepped back from the daily operations and cultivated what has always been a lifetime devotion, I think, of systems. And uh, so in doing that, he found his system hub and systemology, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, his mission is very clear. He's a man with a passion, I can assure you. It's to free all business owners worldwide from the, the daily operations of running their business. Um, Dave is recognised as a high-achieving entrepreneur. Um, You'll find he's got keynote presentations all over YouTube. You must watch his TEDx presentation, which is his absolute gem about how his father trained him on systems when he was a small child and shows that money does talk. And uh, also you can find him on WordCamp and ProBlogger. Prob, prob, ProBlogger, I beg your pardon. So uh, so there we go. So uh, basically, um, also I might mention he's just released a book. Uh, well, he is releasing one shortly, and we're going to mention that in our conversation. And... Uh, would you believe it, endorsed by Michael E. Gerber, so uh, the man who is probably the most recognised author in the business world. So uh, running into that, just a note to you all, because I think you're all going to need a pen and paper, or you can run back and play through this again, because there's going to be lots of bits and pieces that Dave, I'm sure, will share, which are absolute gen. So Dave, lovely to welcome you to the Franchise Radio Show. How are you? Hello, it's a pleasure to be back, and thank you so much for such a warm introduction. Oh, not at all, not at all. It's well warranted. So, uh, a few questions to fire at you. That's the whole idea of today. Uh, what, what, what are the, the few critical systems all agencies and business must have in place, in your opinion? Yeah, so I think uh, it's obviously going to vary a little bit from business to business, but we do have a process we call the critical client flow. It's actually the first step in systemology. So, systemology is this system for systemizing a business and it's a seven-step process you can take any business through you take a, a business that has virtually no systems and you want to get it to a point where it's running like a, a finely tuned machine and that first step we go through um, one of the tools is the critical client flow it's a great way to uncover what the mission and critical systems are so anyone listening to this this is a real easy activity that you can follow along with, get yourself an A4 bit of paper, get yourself a pen in the top left-hand corner, write down your target audience. So think about your dream customers, people who gladly pay your prices, they come back, they're happy to refer. Now write down that audience first and just write down one target audience. And then underneath that, think about your um, primary product or service that you sell to that target audience. So again, you probably sell many products, but just think about one product or service that you sell that would be uh, the perfect 
starting point for your dream customers. And you list that in the corner. And then it's just a matter of working down the page. What we're looking for is a, a linear journey that your uh, customers and your business goes through to deliver that core product or service. So um, I, I just think about, like, at the first line, you think about how do people become aware of your business. And you might do a few boxes where you um, enter in, oh, yes, we do some SEO, we do some Facebook ads, we do some speaking, whatever it is, however you generate interest in your business for that product and service um, that you're selling through to the target audience. So you list along the top of the page some of those ways, only focus on things that you're doing, then move down the page. The next box to think about is how do you handle an inquiry that comes in? So some one sees your advertisement or hears about your business, then if they're wanting to find out more, are they picking up the phone? Are they sending an email in? What, what does that look like? And then again, you just keep working down the page. These are just simple boxes and you're um, putting you know one or two word responses in each one. The next one you think about is your sales process and how do you sell? So once you've got an inquiry, how do you then take someone from being a browser to actually being a client. That's your sales process. So you, you put that in a box and then after that you think about then what happens next. You might uh, take uh, money, you know, whether that's um, you might get payment half up front or half on completion or a bit of both or you get all up front or whatever it is, that's your next step. Then you move down the line. The next one is how do you onboard your customers? So once someone makes the purchase, then uh, how do you go ahead and get them into your system and set everything up and set the right expectations. And then again, moving down the page, um, how do you then deliver your core product or service? Uh, and then finally, the handover, handing it over, giving it the completed work to the client and uh, thinking about how you get them to come back or at the very least refer new business to you. So that's, do all of that on an A4 bit of paper. Uh, you want to have just a series of boxes that in each box you only have um, two or three words. Just focus on what you're currently doing at the moment. Uh, and that's probably the best place to start. It really is it's an, a, a, an exercise of the 80-20. These are the 20% of the systems that deliver the 80% of the results. And if you can get your critical client flow delivering and you're able to uh, have it happen without the business owner or without any sort of key person dependency, what you've done is you've created a scalable money machine, a scalable business. So that's where I suggest you start, um, and they would be the first systems. Yes, there are more systems. There are you know, HR systems, and there are management systems, and there are finance systems. and I mean, there are a range of different systems, but just focusing on the critical client flow is, is the best place to start, and you get the biggest win. Right. Excellent. Well, I think that's it in a nutshell. So tell me, when, when we started working together years ago, I remember something that a point you made, and uh, it hit me between the eyes, um, and, and that's why I'll lead in this, the next question. <laughs> and uh, it may surprise a number of you listening here um, why the business owner is typically the worst person to document their processes. Dave, what's your response to that question? <laughs> if, if any business owner is like me, uh, then you're very busy. You've got lots of things that you're working on. Um, you've probably got lots of great ideas and you know, you're constantly jumping from one thing to the next. So business owners are, are really busy. We, we all recognize that. 
Um, oftentimes that means that they recognise systems are important, but then very rarely are they urgent. So if it's left to the business owner, you just never get around to it. That's the biggest problem. If, if it's, that's why I say the business owner is the worst person to be doing the documentation because if it's just left to them, you, you'll never get to it. You, you need to think about how to make it easy for the business owner. How do you get the rest of the team involved and get more than one person doing the documentation? Because the systems, they don't have to be perfect the first time. You just have to get started. Figure out who on your team knows how to do the thing to a good standard and get that documented um, to, to that standard. At least then that removes the business owner from the equation and then that at least gets it moving. Otherwise, you'll just never get to it. Yeah, it's an unrealistic expectation. Interestingly, and those of you listening, uh, well, all of you listening, may want to listen to one of my other podcasts, which I just recorded uh, was with um, Greg Shockley from Fruitive, Fruitive in the U- U.S. And it's interesting because this was very relevant in the conversation. He's a, just working through franchising his business, got four outlets, and he's just seen the light of day because he realized that he's an entrepreneur, and this is the person that we're talking to with you and with Dave referring to there, and that getting the small stuff done is a real problem he's just got someone to do his emails for him and tidy his desk and it's changed his life and he's just got a cfo to organize his finances because he he can't tolerate all that sort of work and that's just every that's every entrepreneur to a t and he said he's just got he's got a new life he's got a new a new world and a new business opportunity so uh, something to bear in mind to you so dave it's not always easy you know people People, you know, everyone's talking about change these days, but the reality is most human beings like their little comfort zone. So how, how, you address, how do you recommend to address team members, you know, offer resistance to, to following systems and processes and so forth? Yeah, the biggest thing, systems and processes at the best of time has resistance because people are used to doing things a certain way. The good news is, though, uh, with the world as it is right now and everything that's going on with all of the change, the the team is actually the most receptive to change that they've ever been because everybody knows the world is changing around them. Everybody knows that they need to change the way that they live and the way that they do things and the way that they work. So when you introduce the idea of systemizing the business, um, you'll actually find now you can be well-received because it's all about being more efficient. It's about making sure that um, the clients get a great result. Uh, it's about making sure that things are easy for the team. So it ticks a lot of the boxes. But the longer term, regardless of when you're listening to this audio, the biggest thing to think about um, for, for meeting that resistance is thinking about the benefit to the individual. So why, what do they stand to gain by you systemizing? Maybe they, you know, when they have time off or they need to take leave, uh, they come back and their inbox is exploding with emails and tasks and nothing's moved forward. Well, you can tell them by systemizing, we can plug team members in and that can keep things moving while they're taking leave. Or maybe you've got a team member who wants to move up inside your organization and you let them know that uh, by systemizing their role, you're able to plug in team members behind them, which then makes them uh, free to move up the ranks and work on higher quality, um, you know, more responsibility. So it's a great way for them to work up in the organisation. So again, I think the takeaway here is 
think about the individual, think about what it is that they would like, and then help them to understand how systems help them achieve their goals. That's the best way to do it. Sometimes you will come across some level of resistance where someone just won't change, and that's okay, but just recognise when that is the case and, and you know you need to make some tough decisions. If, if you are looking to build a systemised business uh, and they're extremely resistant to that change, then they may or may not be the right fit for the business. So you just, yeah, I mean, I, I don't say that lightly. Um, you have to tread carefully because I don't want you to just think, oh, okay, well, I need to go out and fire all of my staff because they're not following my processes and um, I'm going to start fresh. That's not at all what I'm saying, but you, you definitely want to try a lot of the other things that I'm talking about first. You know, leverage off and introduce the idea of change required, everything that's going on in the world in this pandemic, then thinking about the individual, what's the benefit to them, give them a chance to, to make the adoption and make sure that they're making the change. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, that last one really is the, the last line of resort. Yeah, it just reminds me that everything is is about sales, about marketing, because you've got to sell the concept to your team so that they do have the, the incentive, so the motivation and the confidence to make those changes. Yeah, no, good point there, Dave. So, I, so That's an interesting point, because you know, I think you're right. I feel like that um, is in so many parts of business that people don't recognise, even when it comes to recruitment of your staff. I see that almost like a sales exercise. You're selling them the idea of, you know, you run a job ad, that's like you're an advertisement, um, and you're positioning it to attract the right person into your business, um, and then you're selling them on why they would want to sort of work in the business. And so that, that sales and marketing, it's, yeah, it's pivotal all the way. You need it to attract new clients, you need it to sell new ideas, you need to do it to, to bring new people into the business. It's a good point. I was reading something recently and uh, some high-level exec high executives and a couple of them who were really, um, th these firms in securing them really achieved something quite quite remarkable because people, a lot of people were chasing them and they said they actually decided to join that organisation because that organisation focused the whole interview on, on what they wanted and selling the business to them, the, the, the advantage of being involved, the benefits, what they could offer them and so forth. And uh, I think that's an important point. And it comes back to what you said just now. It's all about the individual, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's all business is uh, about a, a collection of people that come together um, to work on a, a common mission, um, and you're all working towards that goal. Systems are there to try and facilitate that and make that job easy for everybody and make sure you stay on track and make sure that that's scalable. But at, at the core of it, you, I mean, you need your people to drive the system. So sometimes I have that discussion with people about what's the most important asset in business. And I am a little bit biased. I do often say systems because um, <laughs> I say people will come and go, but systems stay, you know, will stay with you through thick and thin. That said, um, you do need great people to run the system. So it's, it's actually a combination. I mean, you need a great product, you need great people and you need great process. It brings to mind uh, one of our clients years ago was Tom Potter, the founder of Eagle Boys. And when he founded Eagle Boys 25 years ago, he, 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 the observation he made was, I changed from, from being in a pizza business to being in a people business. And I think that's something everyone needs to take on board. Suddenly, the focus of your business 
is not the product, it's the people. And uh, it's so critical, particularly more and more, I think, as people become more self-aware, more ambitious and more conscious of their own needs and, and happiness and so on. So moving into that, um, how can you document businesses where the landscape is forever changing, Dave? Because uh, it's very pertinent at the moment, but even someone listening to this in a few years' time, bearing in mind at the moment the COVID uh, pandemic is hitting Australia just a second time reasonably heavily, not, not heavily compared with the rest of the world, but nevertheless, every business is facing change at the moment anyway, but change is forever a constant in business. So uh, I've made that into a long yeah. rambling statement, but I'll repeat that. How, how can you document businesses where the landscape is constantly changing? Yeah. Well, one thing to note when it comes to systems, and I always say this, that it, it's a shift in the culture. You want to become a systemized and a systems-centered business. It's not a one-and-done scenario. You don't systemize in three months and then, okay, we're a systemized business now. You, you're actually changing the way that your staff think. You want them to think in terms of what is the system solution here. And, and as such, that kind of helps with the evolution because things will change over time. So that said, though, um, you can start off with areas of the business that remain static. Certain parts will remain consistent you know, or, or are, are more resistant to change. So things like your financial, the way that you're invoicing people, um, maybe it's your sales process. There are going to be elements of the role, or maybe it's the way that you're onboarding clients, parts of the job that can um, remain static, whereas other parts uh, might be dynamic, depending on in the industry and obviously everything that's going on. So that's the first thing to think about. You can think about what things are most likely to, to not change and you'll be resistant to change. Also thinking in terms of um, the level of detail that you go into something. So something that you know, if it is likely to change quite frequently and quite heavily, you might not go into as granular detail, step by step, painstaking detail by detail. Mm -hmm. um, you might hold off on uh, going to that level if it's something that you know that's going to change frequently. You might just do high-level bullet points and then... You can adjust it. I often say that's the best way to start a system anyway. You want to start um, loose and basic and, you know, just high level and run it through the, the, the works a few times. See, oh, okay, that step needs to actually come after that step or there's this change needs to happen after that change. Like, your, your system isn't going to be perfect the first time that you do it. So, yeah, in answer to that question, changing your perspective a little bit, taking a longer-term horizon, focusing on areas maybe that are a bit more static, and then also understanding for areas that change a bit more that you might um, do more of an overview, more basic type system first. Words of wisdom there, Dave. And it reminds me of the comment my partner, Prue, our systems, systems uh, junkie here in our business, she, she, she describes to people that uh, you know, operations and systems and manuals are living documents. So they, they never stop evolving. They're like the plants in your garden. And, uh, and that's, that's very true. So um, in reading your, your, the pre-released copy of your book, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and congratulations again on that, if I haven't already said so, Dave, but uh, um, I'd, I'd like to pull out one point here, which I think would be interesting for people, um, and I don't expect you to remember all seven off the top of your head, but <laughs> you mentioned the seven myths of business processes and why most people fail at systemization. I think that's uh, something that uh, people should, 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 should hear. 
Yeah, look, um, I, I, I do remember them. <laughs> so I've kind of thought about them so heavily for so long. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is, a lot of people, when they think about business systems and processes, oftentimes they have a lot of myths and false beliefs around systems and what they need. Some of the common ones, the seven that I speak to, is that you're going to need lots of systems, that the business owner needs to be the person who creates them, that creating systems is time-consuming, or that you're going to need complex software, um, that uh, your team won't even follow the systems if you had them in place, or that the systems remove creativity, or that you need to systemize like McDonald's. It's... Um, and each one of those I can very easily bust. Um, it's just a matter of testing those assumptions. And I think those myths is what holds business owners back from reaching their true potential, particularly with regards to their systems. And I, I think systems are central to business. If any of those uh, resonated where you're like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of believe that, that's a limitation that's holding you back. And I can show you how... They are myths. Like, I mean, I focus in on just the last one. That idea, we've kind of already touched on it when we said, um, I, I, I say, yeah, I'm systemized like McDonald's. Uh, a lot of people, when they think about business systems, the poster child for a systemized business is McDonald's. So they think, I need a systemized like McDonald's if I want to run a systemized business. But what they fail to recognize is that system, like McDonald's has been in business for 60 years. They've been systemizing for 60 years, of course they've gotten really, really good at it and perfected it over time. Whereas for a lot of people, they're, they're just getting started systemizing. So you don't want to systemize like McDonald's is today. You systemize like McDonald's was 60 years ago. <laughs> and, and that's why I always talk about start with simple first and basic and be ready to change. Like that's yeah, when, when people say, oh, I need a systemized license from McDonald's or I want to have a business that's systemized like McDonald's, I just go, yeah, yeah look, um, it's definitely a worthy goal. I think lots to learn from McDonald's for sure, no doubt about it. Um, but you don't want to be systemized like McDonald's is today. You, you systemize like they were 60 years ago. That's how you become and evolve into how they are today. Makes a lot of sense. Dear old Ray Kroc. Yep, uh, it's a book for us, for everyone to read if you haven't read it. Not wishing to promote other people's books, and I'm talking to a, a well-known and successful author. But grinding it out by Ray Kroc is well worth having a, a read of. So, all right, sorry, carry on there, Dave. I may have stopped your full flight. No, no, look, I mean the the main thing is if any of those myths, and I talk about it in the book, you can find out more about the book at systemology.com forward slash book. Um, but the 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 myths, if any of those resonated, if you thought that they removed creativity or that the business owner needs to create it. I mean, that's a huge one. The business owner, as we said, is often the worst person to be creating it. Make it easy for you and your team. Um, we, we talk about using video as a way to record a task getting done, and then you get a separate person who does the documentation. And that uh, is a great way to create systems by making system creation a two-person job. And that's, yeah, that's probably another way to bust that myth that the business owner needs to be creating them. Or that you need to use a lot of systems. We've talked about the, the critical client flow. Just start off there. That's 10 to 15 systems. Anybody can document 10 to 15 systems. And your team, they will follow the process. They're actually, team members are receptive to process 
um, that makes their job easier. Because A players, they want to do a great job. They love systems and processes because it shows them how to win at their job and how to um, excel and stand out because you, you're telling them here are the systems and you know if you deliver to this high standard, um, you, you, you're meeting the standards and the expectations. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of myths that we aim to bust in systemology in the book. Each chapter, so it's a seven-step process and each chapter is addressing one of those myths and why it's completely rubbish and then giving business owners tools that they can use to start to systemize their business. Absolutely nailed it. Right, I, I'm looking, I, I think it's something that people enjoy reading and, as you say, explodes those myths, which unfortunately hold us all back and they become, I suppose, almost evidence for us to be able to raise objections and say, I can't do it because... Uh, and we can all relate to that, to a whole host of things down to weeding the garden. But uh, <laughs> um, look, look yeah. at something else that I know is one of your pet sort of topics is uh, how do you find, recruit and retain a team of really top people, you know, class A players in your organisation, Dave? The, the biggest thing is to find the team members to do this is you want to build this systemised culture and way of being into your recruitment process. So in your job ad, you want to be listing some of the systems that are crucial for that particular role that the person's applying to. So you can tell them right up front, we're a systemized organization. Here are the types of systems and processes that you'll be following. And then the subtext there is if you don't follow systems and processes or like it, you're probably not a good fit for this organization. And then having a, a recruitment process, thinking about you run a job ad, you get them to do a trial task and then you get them to fill in their, send in their CV and a cover letter and then you have an interview and like we were talking about that idea of a, a, like a, a marketing funnel or, or sales and marketing, that's, that's the way that you want to approach recruitment as well. See it like a marketing function. You write a, a job ad that speaks directly to your target audience and then you have a way of filtering the candidates through different stages till you're left with the gold and make systems part of that process where someone knows you show them and you give them multiple demonstrations throughout that you are looking for a systemized person, someone who understands and appreciates systems and processes and build that into the way that you do what you do. That's, that's the way to find A players and the way to build a business that isn't key person dependent and that the business owner can step away from because you have a way of doing things and you have a team that is happy to follow that defined process. Yep, I mean, I think we all recognise a good team. We see it in sports all the time, don't we? You know, a good team can end up way down the league. Suddenly, they've lost a key person, whether it's one of the players or a coach, but you get the right people in, you get the right empathy between everyone, the right com camaraderie and support. And suddenly they can beat, you know, they they can beat world beaters. Um, it's uh, it, it, and business is just the same. But there's something here that's really I think will be attractive to everyone. It's one of those bright, shiny sort of objects. Is one of your topics, Dave, which I think is always fascinating, and I think people will be interested to hear it. Um, how you how can you cut your wage bill by more than fifty percent, and yeah. and with the bonus of building a high performance team at the same time. <laughs> 
There's a double yeah. whammy there, Dave. And it kind of it leads off the back of what we're talking about. And, I mean, you're a master at it, and I've seen you do it um, firsthand and help a lot of businesses in um, the Franchise Simply world do it uh, as well. It's once you build solid systems and processes in a way for doing things, it's possible to then start to look to offshore and have virtual team members. And then you don't become restricted then by their geographic location. You find the best staff um, for the most cost-effective rate. And there are some great emerging economies. When you're a well-systemized business that you can, um, you know, using that recruitment process that we've talked about, you can find great staff who will follow your process and you'll get them for, you know, pennies on the dollar relative, particularly if you're based in a first world country. So I suppose I'm speaking to, um, specifically, I know a good size of your audience is in Australia, uh, but it's the same if you're in the US or the Canada or the UK. Um, Labour in some of these first world is um, quite expensive. So, and I always find if you've got a good combination, like I'm, I'm not about moving the entire business offshore. I like a good 50-50. You have some staff that are local, uh, and then you have some staff that are offshore as well. But it's a combination of a good recruitment process, some good systems, and then considering looking at offshoring. Because a lot of people struggle when they offshore and, and get virtual assistance because they don't have good process. They try and keep someone busy. There's no real checks and measures. And, you know, they're just trying to find tasks to fill up their to-do list because they think, oh, you know, this person... Um, it, it's cheap labour, so, you know, even if I just give them real basic to-do tasks. But that, that's not helpful for business. You you want people working on the things that really impact, like the critical client flow, all of those systems we talked about earlier. If, if you've got uh, team members that can deliver parts of that once you systemise it, that, that's a really great way to, to grow the business and build this high-performance team that you're looking for. Absolutely, and for anyone uh, you, you're listening, you may be aware we've got a sister company uh, where we actually help people doing doing that and provide the services and both onshore and offshore uh, people to help you cut your wage bill in that way and uh, and leverage because it's the only way you're going to step away today. I think it's very few businesses that are going to survive in the future without using other efficient sources of. Uh, um, of, of labour, of, um, of of support and so forth, just in the same way as you have to be very much across the software programs to, to eliminate wastage and time and so on. So um, a, a quick question, Dave, with your business and your book, it's a bit philosophical, philosophical in some ways, but if you, were, if you were starting again in business, going back to Melbourne SEO or even back in the days when you bought the pickets from the Melbourne Cricket Ground, I remember, um, <laughs> what, what would you do different if you were starting a business today? The biggest thing I would think of, and I, I learned it from the sister company of, of the digital agency, um, Melbourne Video Production, is I would pick a business, uh, and depending on if it was my first business or if I'd done the very first business, oftentimes you know how to do the thing. Like you, you are... The, the hairdresser, you are the grass cutter, you are the accountant. Like that, that's usually how someone gets the business off the ground. But my advice to myself, you know, a younger version of myself is once you kind of get your head around business, the sooner you can 
build a business where you can't do the thing, the, the core product or service that you're selling, the better. Because that gets you to grow and you think about being a you know, being in the business of business. You're not the technician doing the work. So for Melbourne video production, which um, you know, with a, a initially a little side business, I didn't know I'm not a videographer. I don't know how to edit. Um, so I built that business um, without slipping onto the tools very easily. Um, and that's, that's probably the, that advice that I'd go back. The sooner you can start a business where you can't do the thing, the better, the quicker you will grow. He comes back to the sage of, uh, of systems and who I call the grandfather of franchising in Princeton anyway, who you know very well having worked with him, but... Uh, who's someone that I'm certainly very devoted to and uh, I've interviewed a couple of times. That's Michael Gerber and the uh, and the E-Myth. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's very simple, isn't it? You've got to work on it and not in it. <laughs> yeah, and, and there are times you'll jump between the two. There are times you'll work in it and there are times you work on it, um, but you just want to make sure that um, you, you create the space to work on it because, uh, and I mean, the projects that I've done working with Michael, I seen him work in it that's okay I mean that's part of the process as well but most people don't make the space to work on it because they're too in it and that's that's the real key you have have to learn how to work on it yeah absolutely so Dave in, in just leading towards wrapping up it, it's been uh, it's been lovely talking to you I really enjoyed enjoyed the chat um, and, and so appreciate I think everyone would join me in saying thanks for giving so much of your time up um, been a privilege having the opportunity to get a bit more of it, to know a bit more about systems and systemology and Dave Jennings. Um, anything you'd like to add before we, we close the session today? Um, look, the main thing is I just love business owners and say listen to this to rethink everything that they believe about business systems. Business systems hold the key to building a profitable business that works without you. And if you, for whatever reason, have decided that you're not a systems person or it won't work for you or whatever that baggage is that you've got, I'd like you to retest that and go, is that true? And get yourself a copy of the book, so systemology.com forward slash book, and, and go through and have a think. Do you, do you hold some of that baggage and give it another go? Because I'm, I'm telling you now, systems... Having done it in our own business, they are one of the most important assets you've got and you really want to master them. Excellent. Look, everybody, uh, Dave's giving you the details of how to get hold of him. If you want to, you've got any queries or any comments, I'd love to hear from you. I'd like to get feedback. It really helps us in harnessing the energy and getting the right sort of shows you want to listen to. Do get in touch with me. Um, but I'll just say, um, basically, fantastic Dave Jennings having you along. Um, and for everyone, this is Brian King for Franchise Simply, signing off, looking forward to being with you when we have our next Franchise Radio Show. <laughs>